and welcome to the Dynasty Roundtable. Matt Babich, Seth Dial, they have been doing a phenomenal job week in, week out. Every Wednesday night, they do the best job breaking down everything going on in the Dynasty world. And we have been tasked with living up to their reputation. We have the one, the only, the Podfather here to do it, as well as Theo Greminger. How's it going, my friends? Doesn't get any better than this group right here. I'm super excited for this one. I podcast with Matt about every week now, and it's amazing. But Jack, me and you have not been on a podcast together for a while since I came on Player Profiler today. So this is very exciting. This is really fun stuff, and I'm excited to I'm excited to hear Jack talk a little Dynasty. I think that's going to be a cool cool one tonight, Matt. And a big shout out to Seth and Matt Babich. When we did crossover week, this was immediately one of the podcasts that Matt and I wanted to do. We talked Dynasty on Sonic Truth podcast, and um, you know. A lot of respect for for what Seth and Matt are doing, and I, I they've been churning these out like weekly, really deep, intuitive, actionable dynasty conversation. And we're going to hope to live up to that this evening. We're going to do our best at the very least. It will try to live up to those lofty expectations, but we do have the pod. Guys, they're now. in the chat right now. Seth and Matt are in the chat. The chat is lit, guys. This the chat is lit. The chat is lit. So is the show, and. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about here. There is a lot of actionable information going on here. Like what? Sorry, my my streamyard is being weird. I it's showing you. Well, we talking. can we can get it we can get it going, uh, Matt. I think that the news of today is Aaron Rodgers has got a lot. Jack of, today. <laughs> Jack's Jack's having a little streamyard. Yeah, I think I feel like check. he's buffering and and he's he's not he's not quick with the, with the segments. Jack, wake up. What's going on? This I'm is trying to play your profiler today. I did play your profiler today with Matt Babbage. We t- we killed it. We destroyed you it. Did. You didn't have to do it. You should be fresh. You absolutely crushed it. I don't know what's going on. I'm on a delay in my stream yard here. You guys are all just a little bit late. I can see your mouths moving way so after Jack, the conversation. Jack, leave, 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 the, leave the show. Come back in. And Matt and I will get it started. Matt, they, they gave Aaron Rodgers. Get out of here, Jack. Get out of here and come back, the Jack. showdown. So Matt, they gave Aaron Rodgers more money today. They gave him an extra like seventy-five million or something. What is going Why? on? With that? I don't know. I don't know. It's like a it's like a circus. You in, know he's forty, right? I know they're they're going all. I'm in. a man. I'm forty. Let me let me pull up this contract because it was. Why did they do this? Was it to free up cap space? I don't know. I don't know exactly. I just saw it. It says he's agreed to a two to a new two year seventy-five million guaranteed contract through the twenty twenty-four season. Uh, Tom Tom Pelissero rep, uh, reported it, so you know it's it's real. And he voluntarily, yeah, it sounds like it, Matt. He voluntarily took a thirty-five million dollar pay cut on his two-year deal. So maybe this is a sneaky Dalvin Cook or some veteran lands in New York with some of this this money. I don't know. What about Devontae Adams? That's a that's a very that's a very interesting. You're trying to get you're trying to get like an exclamation point on the dynasty roundtable tonight, Matt, that would be, what about Devonte Adams? This sounds like a De- Devonte Adams comes out with Jimmy Garoppolo first practice together. They're loving each other, like heart emojis, right? They're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Love you so much. I'm oh, this guy's going to be great either way. By the way, Devonte Adams was a value this year. Remember I had this, this very weird, very weird bet with Billy Muzio where, we have this three pack of players that we're going up against each other on. And I, I, I have to try to remember what it is. I believe that I have Devonte Adams, Roshan Johnson and justice Hill. And then 
he's trying to overcome their total fantasy points with Garrett Wilson, Khalil Herbert, and Keaton Mitchell. It's one of the more bizarre, esoteric, overly specific three packs of players that anyone has ever sort of put against each other. But I, I, but we did that because I was like, listen, Devonte Adams is going to be happier with Jimmy Garoppolo than Garrett Wilson is with Aaron Rodgers. That's how that all got started. And then we started debating about, you know, how soon Roshan Johnson would overtake Khalil Herbert. And then we d- debated whether or not a, a, a better deep running back to take a dart throw on in Baltimore would be justice Hill versus Keaton Mitchell. And we're like, you know what? Let's take these three arguments and, and combine them into one thing. One three pack. We can go uh, back and forth on Devonte Adams goes to New York. It would be devastating for everybody involved because there would just be way, way too many quality players in a lower volume offense to be producing the type of fantasy numbers that we're accustomed to. We want to keep Devonte Adams in Las Las Vegas with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo locks on to players. Like he's going to lock on to Devonte Adams and the, the, they're not going to be that accurate. There will be hospital balls thrown. Devonte Adams may at some point in the season become unconscious because of a, a, a football that was thrown in the exact wrong spot and a very dangerous spot but he's going to get 10 plus targets a game. Like it's going to happen, man. He had a career high in targets last year, his first year there. He had 180 targets and he also had an ungodly amount of air yards. The highest he's he's had the first time he's ever gone over 2000 air yards for the year. It's interesting Matt, because we keep like in a redraft context and this is the dynasty round table, but we can talk a little redraft. I continually ask this question about the the wide receivers who are getting a little bit older where it's Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, and Devontae Adams. Every single one of them averaged 18-plus points per game last year. And they're all in like that 29, 30 uh, you know, range, but they showed no sign of, of regression at all. And which is when I ask people which is the one they're most into, you get different answers. Usually Tyree Kill, but it could be Cooper Cup, whatever. But Cooper who, Cup are you most, who are Cup you most answered? Who are you most worried about is universally Devontae Adams because oh. people are, are very scared – of this Jimmy Garoppolo thing, but I'm more worried about Tyree kill. Tyree kills the one I'm most worried about because speed receivers fade the fastest. So of all those guys in their late twenties, early thirties, who's the guy that's going to fade the fastest. It's going to be Tyree kill. And he has real target competition who is an analog of him. A guy that has four, three wheels in yeah. Jalen Waddle. And he also has a quarterback who is a a major injury risk. And it's not just because of the concussion history. It's that he lacks pocket awareness. In general, Tua is susceptible to huge hits. He's been injured many times in his career going back to college because of that. So ankle, high ankle sprain. He's done it all. No, it's, it's a real danger. And and who's behind him down there? It's Mike White, right? So to me, Tyreek Hill is the riskiest. Of all those guys. So I'm not drafting any Tyree kill just because <laughs> I just rather have Cooper cup than Tyree kill period. That's an easy one to me. It's Cooper fucking cup. Like yeah, this but- guy cheat code, right? For, for wide receivers in the history of fantasy football. And it's like, why, why would you overthink this one? Now it's like, he's not even the number three, right? It's like, 
there's these the big two, and we love I I prefer Jamar Chase, and we have Jamar Chase as our wide receiver one in Dynasty Dynasty Roundtable. But uh, after that, it should be Cooper Cup locked in, and then the debate about Diggs or Hill or Adams, and I think that's a debate where most people are just like, oh God, Adams, ew, ew. Is that a Billy Muzio impersonation, Matt? <laughs> no, Billy doesn't hate Devontae Adams. No, I know he doesn't. He hates the situation. No, he does not hate Devontae. No, he does not hate Devontae Adams. He, he hates just, Jimmy he just, G. He is he, traumatized. He, he by hates Jimmy, Jimmy G. Garoppolo, he but him. he understands the targets are coming. They're not going to be accurate. It's fine. Okay. And again, Aaron Rodgers is 40. Aaron Rodgers has been in decline for many years, and he's 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 adjusting to his age by playing slower and slower. And slower and Remember slower. Him? And he needs players to be in a certain place at a certain time on the field. He has blankies that he's brought with him in Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. And he's out there practicing going, I don't know where the hell this guy's ever going to be. Because Garrett Wilson is a notorious improviser. At the Combine, Alex Dunlap said that he was one of the least precise route runners in the combine route running drills right these gauntlet drills and that chris olave was the most precise and all those that follow ohio state say the exact same thing it's like yeah these are two totally different players you have an improvisational like athlete and you have this super precise metronome receiver in chris olave they're very different if it was chris olave i don't think Aaron Rodgers is trying to take a pay cut. I don't think he's making up. He's making cap room for them to, to go out and find a wide receiver. I think he's frustrated with Garrett Wilson. He knows that Garrett Wilson and Alan Lazard is not enough, not enough weaponry and horsepower to get them there. And that he has plenty of money in the bank. And he's like, go get me Devontae Adams. I need my Devontae Adams. The Lazard and Cobb blankies are not good enough. I need to surround myself with more blankets and you know safety blankets and childhood blankets and stuffed animals and all the things that I need to feel comfortable. You know, it's your, your bet is really, it's funny because the Devonte Adams second round this year in redraft, like when you get Devonte around like 16 overall, it's so weird, Matt, this is his, his finishes. He's finished in the inside the top eight now for six straight seasons um, in terms of points per game. And he's had four years where he's gotten 19 plus points per game, which is just like absolute fantasy, absolute fantasy legend. So it's, you know, I think him and Garrett Wilson are both going to score a lot this year. I'll push back a little bit on you. I think Garrett Wilson is going to do well with Rodgers. I think he's just that talented a player. And like I you think said, he'll do well. Will he do second round ADP? Well, fuck no. Get out of here. I think he will. Let, let it, I, I'd rather have Chris Olave. I think that's that's fine. If like Olave's right there though, Olave's gotten pushed up, and uh, you know both those guys are. are Who, who's going to have portion. more targets this year, Michael Thomas or Alan Lazard? How many games is that Michael Thomas going to play, guys? He's going <laughs> to play like four games. Four games, right? That's the question. I think Alan Lazard's going to have more targets. When you do the target math and you do the pace of play math, it, it doesn't make sense. The Garrett Wilson just doesn't make sense. Especially and... when you have to choose between him and Amon Ross St. Brown, who is just going oh. to be fed over and over oh, and over. Shut up. That's not even a question. Right? That's not even a question. That's not a, that's not a take. Me saying even Devontae Adams over Garrett Wilson isn't like a strong take. I have to go to Chris Olave 
the guy I think that is the most plausible player to outscore Garrett Wilson. That's because they had similar college careers, similar college production. And I think that Chris Olave is in a better situation to score fantasy points because the Aaron Rodgers offenses have been the most overrated of the last five years. And he's only getting older. And if they bring in Devontae Adams, I mean, just nuke the whole thing from a fantasy. If it's good, it'd be good for Jets fans. It's going to be good for the Jets for sure. But for fantasy football, it's just, it's no way to be sustainable. You know, one of those guys probably get injured at some point and then those will be great weeks for whoever's healthy, but it'll just Rodgers. How is anyone? I can't believe this is happening. Like, I just can't believe that we're not over Aaron Rodgers as a commute, as a fantasy football community that you think a second year player like Garrett Wilson is going to revive Aaron Rodgers. Well, the Garrett Rodgers argument though, is just the train wreck that we've had in New York. And I think that there's a, just a positivity with the jet situation right now, based on some of the, you know, the, the horror show with Zach Wilson and some of the other what quarterbacks. Was, but it wasn't even him. Zach Wilson last year. It was a lot no. of Joe Flacco. It, Mike it White. Was, the majority of the games were started by Flacco or Mike White. And I was looking up and Mike White was throwing for 50 times. Right. You're not going to get a 50 attempt game from Aaron Rodgers. The guy goes up to the line of scrimmage. Okay. And he's like, down. Red 98. Red 98. Blue 50. Blue 50. And it's like down like seven. Six, five, he milks every second of every frick. I mean, that's why he's always bottom five in pace of play. They don't run enough plays. He had zero games with 20 fantasy points last year. Zero. He, you can't score fit. Even when they're down huge, he plays so slow. It doesn't matter. Well, he's also back with Nathaniel Hackett, guys. So the, uh, the Hackett, the Hackett tour. So. Crazy! This is crazy. So the, 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 anyway, that's why. Yeah, I'm on Raw. Much better pick than Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson's a stay away for me. Absolute stay away. He's kind of similar to Bijan Robinson in that when I was imagining ADPs, I was imagining Garrett Wilson would be drafted around the Chris Olave early third round zone. So to see him in the early second, I'm like, this is crazy. Why? Like just when you're doing blind ADPs, like. If you've done this exercise, right, Theo? If I didn't know where guys were being drafted, where would I get? Where would I draft this guy? And it's like, uh, it's like for example, I would draft Chris Godwin like two rounds ahead of where his ADP is. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's like, so I'm gonna get all the Godwin, right? It's like, it's like, okay, right? Is it crazy? Like, why? This guy's been a, a top ten receiver, right? Multiple. Like, what is the big difference between Chris Godwin and Garrett Wilson? Right, One we can has- play this game right go, going down the board. Chris Godwin's just more, more proven. Yeah, but right? Baker Mayfield has just ruined everything for everyone forever. There is no chance that any player attached to Baker Mayfield could ever succeed. But Aaron Rodgers, we're, Aaron we're safe Rogers with Aaron Rodgers. Isn't a producer <laughs> of, of fantasy points. It's just the craziest thing. It's the craziest surreal moment where you're just are we drafting based on brand recognition name recognition fame or are we drafting based on the cool cold clinical analysis of of these players so yes so garrett wilson i have garrett wilson on the block in dynasty like in dynasty i have him on the block because you know we've seen a lot of of 
uh, one hit wonder receivers that were great as rookies and they just never were able to replicate it. And, and you're like, oh, well, but, 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 you know, Zach Wilson. Yeah. The six games Zach Wilson played. Okay. Devonte Adams had Jared Stidham and, 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 and some random non Derek Carr quarterbacks last year. And, and what, like he had no problems. Right. And, and Garrett Wilson was productive in spite of it all. And that's fine. But things change. It's like when a wide receiver changes teams, everyone gets nervous. They got they had to rebuild rapport. You're not sure what the system's going to be. And then a lot of these players, a lot of these wide receivers, especially that change teams, they they often miss expectations that first year with the new team. Don't they, Theo? I'm going to push back, guys, on, on this Garrett Wilson slander. Uh, I'm going to say that the offensive. I think you fade him. Year- I think you put him on the block in Dynasty. Well, you know, Matt, putting up, putting any, like, I think that that's, I actually had that discussion discussion with our friend Scott from the, the undrafted Scott Bullinger about how, as hard as it might be to kind of swallow uh, Wilson and Alave, this could potentially be like a peak. I don't, I, I'm not selling any of my shares of them, but there's an argument in dynasty that when we're drafting these guys, like they're like, they're, you know, 18 point per game scores, but they haven't shown it yet. Yeah, moving on from them is you know you could you could you could probably get Jalen Waddle um, and maybe a little something else because I think Garrett Wilson has leapt Waddle right now in a lot of dynasty managers' minds. But I will say the offensive. I rookie wouldn't of even the go year, for Waddle. You could go something much less than Waddle and also get a stud running back, or or, or a, just or get a, a mass get get a stud tight end or get a massive quarterback upgrade. You can do so much. You can do so much good for your fantasy team by just selling at the peak. What what is Garrett Wilson? Garrett Wilson to get to the next level of the game has to become Justin Jefferson. And that's just such a tall order, especially with Aaron Rodgers. And it's also be... the jets. It's and the that's... jets guys. And the jets it's is the part goddamn of the jets. The jets can't have anything good. The jets aren't going to, that's not going to happen. Garrett Wilson. Nothing is going to have a smash season guys. with the jets. When was the last time the jets were allowed to have anything nice? The football gods took Brees Hall away after like, you know, seven games. But it's I'll say that this, this is non-quarterback offensive rookie of the years. This is the this is the non-quarterbacks. They've all hit in year two. Jamar Chase last year goes up to 18.6 points per game. Obviously missed some time, but he went up in points per game. Saquon went down in 2018, but still hit 19 points per game about. Alvin Kamara went up to 23.6 points per game the following season in year two. Huge breakout year for him. Todd Gurley went down, but then any Odell, wide receivers besides Jamar fucking Chase? Odell Beckham was the one last one besides Jamar Chase, and Odell Beckham went up to twenty one point three points per game his second that's year. That's a good one, and that's, that's the bull argument. One. That's the bull that's argument. That's a good so. one. Odell is a very strong bull case for Garrett Wilson. That's a very that's I can't right down I to the che- I might be checkmated. And right even, down to the improvisational route running is Odell yes, Beckham. Yes, that's what Wilson. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Jack. Jack, this is a very this is I'm big on comps, right? And you know why I'm so big on comps? People hate my Quentin Johnston comp list. I have a 20 Quentin Johnston comps, and I didn't even go to Tommy Streeter. Don't right? do that, right? And I didn't go way back in time, like Roy Williams. Like I can go, I can go, I can give you so many, right? You remember Roy Williams on the, on the Lions, right? There was um, two Roy Williams at the time, and one worked out and one didn't. One played offense, one played defense. But the the, but the Roy Williams didn't didn't he not he didn't do anything until he went to the Cowboys, right? 
Yes. Yes. Right. He had to go to the Cowboys to finally break out. So anyway, it, f- the bottom line is when you are forecasting future production in any field, algorithms look at past comparables, past instances, past combinations of numbers in order to project forward. Okay. So when we have like, the, for instance, the breakout finder, the breakout finder is broken by a handful of receivers that are so unique, like a tank Dell that we just don't have comps for them. And the numbers that it spits out are kind of gibberish. Cause it's like, we don't, I don't have a five, five receiver. You see what I'm saying? Like there's I don't no have, there's no, there's no analog to that player the last 30 years. So what am I doing here? I can't give you any data on, on tank Dell. I can give you something that's really not that good. That's not that predictive. That's not that uh, accurate. Whereas Michael Wilson, a guy that's six, one, two It's got this treasure trove of dudes that it can like access and be really good. But the problem with Michael Wilson is he played so few games per year that he becomes a weird one. But there's anyway, there's guys where it's very clear with Quinton Johnston, for example, where it's like, hey, we have all these comps and time and time and time again, when guys have this particular set of data, like they bust or time and time again, when guys have this particular set of data, they hit. Right. And that's why I'm so obsessed with comps, because it is the best way to predict, especially young players. And so when you say Odell Beckham and he looks like Garrett Wilson, has the same size as Garrett Wilson, has the same play style as Garrett Wilson, has very similar college metrics as Garrett Wilson, a similar year one breakout in the NFL as Garrett Wilson. You're going to fucking checkmate me, dude, because that's the thing. That's the best way to beat me is if you have like a, if you can hit a square on the chessboard where it's a player that's in the, the Venn diagram of a comp and I'm dead. I've got. I had to go back in time, Matt. I had to get the 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 DeLorean out and get that one. But I want to steal a question here, guys. This is an Alan Soslowski uh, question. And Matt, we missed this Sonic Truth uh, Dynasty podcast today. It's going to air tomorrow right here on on our YouTube channel. He had a fantastic uh, fill in hosts for us in Memphis Young and Jax Falcone, Scott Bullinger of the Undrafted. I, I cannot wait to listen to it. Uh, but one question Alan asked. And then Scott asked me when I was on undrafted is if there is a guy in the league right now, like, let's say we fast forward a year from now, let's say that a wide receiver has jumped Jamar chase and Justin Jefferson, or perhaps they're in that same conversation. Who would it be? Is there a guy that jumped out to you? Cause my only answer was Garrett Wilson. If he comes out and has this Odell Beckham year two type year, then a year from now, we're talking about those guys in the big three. I said, I wouldn't bet on it. I think a year from now, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are still going to be our top two uh, ranked wide receivers in Dynasty on Player Profiler and probably our top two ranked uh, wide receivers in Redraft as well. But I'm curious what you guys think. Who is the wide receiver that could break into the big two and make it into a big three or push one of those guys out of the big two? Jackie, you want to take this one first while Matt thinks about it? 
I can take it, but I don't I don't know if it's going to happen. I'm not confident. But if you think Garrett Wilson is a possibility, then you must necessarily think Chris Olave is an also an a possibility. They are the Spider-Man mirror image. They are the exact same guy. And Chris Olave probably playing in a higher paced offense this year. I know it's Derek Carr, but Derek Carr's been pretty accurate. He's been able to get the ball to guys at the very least. So if you think Garrett Wilson is, you have to also say Chris Olave. That being said, I don't think there's a chance either of them can do it. Oh, I don't think, I think betting, betting for Jefferson Chase makes the most sense, but I like Olave kind of, you know, you, you have a great point with Olave and Matt and I, we've talked about how Derek Carr has continually elevated his number one target last year, Devonte Adams year before Hunter Renfro, probably the most shocking wide receiver one in Matt in maybe the last 10 years was Hunter Renfro. And then Darren Waller was top, top two and top three really impactful tight end seasons where he essentially was a wide receiver. So he's, he's had a two wide receiver, one finishes and two top three tight end finishes. So Derek Carr elevating Chris Olave and Olave, like Matt talked about, he has the profile of a massive target earner. I think I'd bet on him being a 150 target guy this year if he goes nuts, but he's still not going to jump into the Jefferson chase God tier. No, no. Is that's, there a God tier guy Jack is wrong. There's only one answer here. Yeah, I think it's obvious. Isn't it obvious? Isn't this obvious? There were okay, guys. Okay, pop quiz, pop quiz, pop quiz. Who completely and utterly dominated both Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson in 2021 at Ohio State? This is the answer that Scott Bollinger ah, gave. This, this is, is the, the answer. The, next, the answer the is Jackson Smith and Jigba. The answer is we have a torn ACL for DK Metcalf and. Jackson Smith and Jigba has a hundred catches this year and it's JSN. It's easy. JSN leaps into that, into that tier. And because we're zooming out, we can incorporate his college profile. We're like, Oh, duh, duh. It's going to be so easy. Also because of it's his first year, he doesn't have any, anything holding him back. You can just project off of his first year and extrapolate. And he'll be many years younger, three years younger than Justin Jefferson. And then suddenly everyone's drafting JSN over those guys. That's that is, how it happens. That's that, that is how it happens. 170 target year two Jackson Smith and Jigba. And yeah, and it's going to be yeah. that. That's how it happens. It would require a, I, I would say either a significant hamstring strain for Tyler Lockett or some torny CL situation for DK Metcalf. Something like that would need to happen in order to, for, to have the full unlock of JSN this year. But in any three receiver set, you're going to get a receiver missing like six games. Like that is going to happen in almost every. That's there's a lot of reasons why JSN should absolutely be the first wide receiver drafted from this rookie class in both dynasty and seasonal leagues ahead of Jordan Addison, but even before the speeding ticket. It was a speeding ticket, people. That's no reason to draft Quentin Johnson over a dude who's well, way better. Well, get out of here, guys. Jordan Addison was trying to go help his dog. So dog owners across America, oh, can you, the, you the, probably, whole, the whole narrative, the whole narrative changes guys. Oh when, when, when I hear the, the like dog owner people. narrative, you saw those people that were, they were making excuses for all these running backs that were transferring, right? Be- because they weren't good enough. Remember all the, all these reasons, like he was transferring to be closer to his sister who was in the hospital, or this guy was transferring to be closer to his coach. Remember Zach Evans wanted to follow his coach. It's like all this stuff. It's like, it's just, <laughs> Now he's speeding to get to his dog. We all have excuses, man. Like, Great. If, bottom if, line is, 
Why was he speeding? It was a bad decision. And don't forget, once upon a time, Christian Kirk was arrested for throwing rocks. Did you know this that? That's true. Wasn't it at the uh, the golf tournament, that yeah. crazy one they have in Arizona, the waste yeah, management? Hammered at a golf tournament. He was throwing rocks at cars. Yeah. Which, again, I've done. Most of the things that – here's the thing. Most of these things that, that NFL players get in trouble for, I've done. Not Greg Hardy. Not Aaron Hernandez. Okay, I've never killed anybody. And I've never thrown my girlfriend on a bed of guns. But a lot of the stuff, like, you know, the speeding and, you know, I've definitely been pulled over for reckless driving. I've done it. I mean, it's the thing. If you're if you're going 90, they're going to get you for reckless driving. Like, I've you know, and, and I've I've definitely thrown rocks at cars before. I mean, I was a bad kid. Right. So, like Matt, uh, the chat, the chat says you're you're a Ray Rice. Is that is there any truth? Okay, that? No, no, I don't talk no, that. No, I that no, no Ray Rice. No, but no, there's just plenty of. There's plenty. Okay. I've not punched anybody in a hotel lobby or an elevator or anything like that. Right. Certainly not. Uh, but I have been in a fight and, and, and I got in a fight in a, in the, in a back of a cab once uh, and uh, the police were called. And so, I mean, I've, you know, I, I somehow, somehow throughout all these things, I was never arrested, right? I was never arrested, but like, I've seen I've had a white T-shirt covered in blood because I hit this other guy in the nose and then his nose, his whole face exploded. Um, and somehow I wasn't arrested. It was great. It was freaking my lucky day. He probably deserved it. That's why he got off. I was hammered. The punch okay? father. Like, so, again, some of these things are completely inexcusable, especially, any, you know, any anything that anything that's you know, uh, involving a, a domestic incident, right? The, like I said, Greg Hardy and anything involving murder, right? Of course. But like, I empathize with young men, you know, being intoxicated, getting in trouble. Like I've done that, right? So I'm not the guy, the bottom line is I'm not the guy that's like judging from on high, like some of these other sports casters and sports personalities like Skip Bayless as if they like with this accusatory tone, as if they've never made a mistake, as if they've never been young and, you know, been uh, in, in a state where they, they, they didn't, they weren't fully appreciating the consequences of their actions. So again, this Jordan Addison speeding ticket, he just got into the pros and got a Ferrari. Okay. Like, you're going to get a reckless driving incident. And that doesn't necessarily mean that he's a bad guy or that he's not met. He's not a professional and he's going to wash out of the league. That's not a signal of that. All right. No, not, not at all. Jordan. Not Addison at all. Gonna, he's going to not at all. Year. Not at all. I love Jordan Addison, but he's not Jackson Smith in Jigba. Nobody okay. Is. That is the bottom line. Jackson Smith the Jigba was, was Marvin Harrison jr. Before Marvin Harrison jr. You guys understand this? He's so good. So, uh, but yes, yeah, Sam Babich. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> yes, Sam Babich. I was never arrested. That that's you know. Thank God. Thank God. Uh, but anyway, JSN though, Matt. I think you you kind of nailed it because that's that's the 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 cheat code one where if you're an offensive coordinator sitting back and saying you know, I might have to target this guy 170 times because he's he's that good. He's such an elite winner 
and his he com- he's like the the Cooper Cup comparison. Um, and I think there's a little bit of Ceedee Lamb to him as well, where you know these guys are slot receivers coming in, and these NFL coordinators just lean on them. I mean, these guys are want to want to keep their jobs as long as possible. And like you said, JSN was a guy that was out targeting Alave, out targeting Wilson, and Marvin Harrison and him were there. And Marvin Harrison didn't make his big breakout until you know the following season. So I don't know. I'm all in on JSN. I have as much JSN as I can handle. I think that dynasty managers are really, really sharp with it these days where you don't get, get a discount. JSN. Yeah, we don't get a discount because of target competition. Have like you people- seen in a – did you see any rookie drafts this year? Uh, anyone selecting – Quentin Johnston or Jordan Addison ahead of JSN in a rookie draft didn't exist after the draft. I saw one or two Jordan Addison's, but it was rare. And the person got destroyed in the chat as they should have. Now there's another potential candidate here. And that's just because this guy has like a Jerry Rice career path ahead of him. And that's Amon Ross St. Brown. So the other guy that could break into this tier is Amon Ross because he's going to be in this up-tempo pass-first offense. They're going to be in some shootouts with the Bears, shootouts with the Vikings, shootouts maybe with the Packers, though the Packers, I think, are going to be a run-first, defensive-oriented team. So there's going to be some There's going to be some, some quick and loose games. right? If you look at the game totals, the one division that could challenge the AFC North for most shootouts – is actually the NFC North just because of the, 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 the offenses are typically better than the defenses in this division, especially when you look at the Vikings, look at the lions. I look at the bears. Oh my. Um, only, only, only the Packers have a better defense than, than their offense. Cause Jordan loves overrated already. I can't believe he's actually overrated that people are jumping to conclusions with Jordan love, but here we are. I mean, they looks fantastic. They, they trust him. They, they imply, they trust him implicitly with the whole offense, right? Completely trust him. Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, but in the in that context, you could see Amon Ross St. Brown leading the league in targets, right? In that context, he could be a 180-target guy. And if he's going to be a 180-target guy, he can turn up field. He can get yards after the catch. Remember, uh, Terrell Owens was not a super athlete. He was just strong and had that dog mentality and just wanted to rip people's faces off and just didn't care. Right. The guy played through like a torn ankle in the Super Bowl. Like if you go back and watch that tackle with that horse color tackle where his ankle was turned the wrong direction, the guy came back and played. It's crazy. Right. So that's the type of player Amon Ra is. And we've seen this time and time and time again, where my greatest lesson as an analyst in, in the last 10 years, learning, it took me 10 years learning just how mental the wide receiver game is and how Little athleticism matters compared to just strength of will at the wide receiver position where you have to see how many of these Dachshunds and Corey Coleman's and Kadarius Tony's flame out and just how many of these late round guys, these Stefan Diggs and these, uh, you know, Adam Thielen undrafted. You see these guys coming out of nowhere, you know, Jerry Rice, Mississippi Valley State, right? You see Amon Ra day three pick and what does he do he do do exact he's like the tom brady of wide receivers he's got the checklist of all these receivers drafted ahead of him and he's like not gonna happen not gonna happen not gonna like check 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 like josh palmer i mean come on man <laughs> diami brown come on, man. Come on stop guys <laughs> stop it brown. 
Stop it, guys. We want, and we want, like come on. Him off. At the wide receiver position, you know, even three years ago, I would have said, no, it's got to be JSN. It can't be Amon Ra. He's not athletic enough, but he is explosive. He is agile. He just doesn't have that long speed, but you don't need it. Like I said, Terrell Owens did not have it. Uh, Jerry Rice did not have it. You don't, you know, Michael Irvin, we talked about, did not have it, right? You just need that, that intensity that you're going to overcome. And he has, he had the explosiveness to start, which is an incredible starting point. So if you already have the explosiveness and you want it that bad, you're going to be amazing. You're going to be amazing. So he's the other guy that could do it. And I, and I was talking on the, the player profile today show that he is going to do it. You have to understand he is going to do it at the expense of Alvin Harper, like Michael Irvin. He's going to do it at the expense of Jamison Williams. Jamison Williams will be strangled in the crib by Amon Ross St. Brown. Amon he Ross, went to the yeah. wrong team. Amon Ross St. Brown wants every target. He doesn't want Jamison Williams to be successful. He's actively working against Jamison Williams. I can guarantee. I don't think my guess is I, I don't know. Jack would know because he's closer to the Lions. My guess is that Amon Ross St. Brown has said exactly zero syllables to Jamison Williams since Jamison Williams was drafted. He wishes nothing but failure on Jamison Williams because he believes so much in himself that every target should go to him no matter what. And it's that, that gene, that trait, that's going to make him able to get into that tier with Justin Jefferson and, 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 and Jamar Chase, even though he's not the athlete those guys are. I mean, I we had this conversation the other day, Matt, where Amon Ra St. Brown was my prediction to be wide receiver one overall. And you talk about 23-year-old who's had 196 catches the last two years. And what's funny is I, I, I follow the Lions a lot, and I like Jack does. And, you know, all the training camp hype and buzz is about Amon Ra St. Brown. Yep. And usually we see training camp buzz like gravitate towards a younger player or maybe a hopeful player that people are waiting to take the next step. It doesn't usually have this much buzz around a stud who's done it for two straight years. They say he's a maniac. If he drops a single no, he pass is, he's in practice. Yeah. He's a maniac. He hits 201 the passes every day. And if he drops one of them, he must start over and catch 201 in a row. So he's on the it's jugs nuts. machine catching 201. And they say that like he he's he's doing push-ups all the time, doing like constantly working on his craft. And then they say that in practice he's so dominant right now that he gets like all like you hear about like guys catching like six ten touchdown passes in a, in a session, whatever. But they say that St. Brown is dominating everyone. Like during these, why sessions, do you think Jamison Williams is not at practice? Why do you think Jamison Williams has a knee problem? Because he doesn't not going work well. as hard. Not going no, well. No, he doesn't want to be there with this guy. No one wants to be there with this guy. Only guys like Khalif Raymond that are already fringy and they're just happy to be there want to be with this guy. And he's not, and he doesn't, he's not threatened by Khalif Raymond, right? The last thing you would want to be is a met like what ha- what happened is is Chase Claypool a stealer? Nope. Why is Chase Claypool on the Bears? Can you guys answer that question? Because you guys know the, why? He annoyed they the got coaches a sec- and they got a second round pick teammates. Out of it. Because they drafted George Pickens. And George Pickens, I am sure of it, said zero syllables to Chase Claypool and actively worked to destroy him until they all saw it coming. He probably went to his agent and was like, 
He's not reporting anymore. He does can't work under these conditions, right? And so I'm sure Jamison Williams is like, I'm hurt. I can't do this. It's not happening. I'm not, I can't be there with this guy. It's too annoying. He's he's terrible to be around. He's an awful teammate. He treats me like shit. He does he he, he freezes me out, right? He wants every target. He won't even let me participate in some of these drills. Like he's, you know, who knows? He's like maybe giving me wedgies. I don't even know what he's doing, but I can guarantee he's making life very uncomfortable for someone who was probably coddled at Alabama because he certainly didn't do anything at Ohio State, right? He had that one year with Bryce Young. And that was and 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 Jack, sadly, I have news to report, bad news. The Lions are not the front office we thought they were. They were fraud front office. Uh, the first round taking a middle linebacker and a running back was the death knell. Either Brad Holmes is a total fraud or Brad Holmes was subverted by Dan Campbell. One of those two have to be true. Yeah. Matt, I think which of those one. two things that you think is true? I genuinely think it's the second one. I think Dan Campbell got his guys. Because if you look at the rest of the draft, those were picks that we would make. Brian Branch, Hendon Hooker, right. small right. school lineman. Yeah. But he got subverted. And who got the valuable picks? Who got to pick the groceries at the yeah. beginning? You know, in, it's in a the problem. premium aisle. It's absolutely a problem, but it'd be even more of a problem if Brad Holmes was completely incompetent and on top of it and couldn't make up for it later. But no, no but it is absolutely If you're a, a Lions fan, this is what you want. You want it to be that Brad Holmes is saving the second half of the draft, is saving rounds two through seven, yep. but they have to let Campbell do dumb stuff in round one. It's the same and thing with Jameson. I didn't see, I gave them credit. I was so in on the Lions that I gave them credit for the Jameis. But at the time, I was like, this is a weird pick. This is a field stretcher in the first round with one good season in college. And, you know, I, I hate do I hate that. You know, I, I really do. I want to see multiple years of production. And it was within, in the context of the Bryce Young offense. And he, what is impossible to put a, a big dominator rating in that context. I'm like, geez, this is really, he had to transfer this red flags here. I don't like it, but it's Brad Holmes. And then they come swinging and then Campbell comes swinging in, in the first round with like linebacker running back. And I'm like, oh, but I should have seen it the previous year. It was actually in play the previous year with this Jamison Williams pick. Total bust pick, terrible process behind it, and it's 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 the surefire bust pick. If you have him in Dynasty, you have to get rid of him. You have to unload him now. You have to unload him now before his first game active. He's he he doesn't play. Like, what do you think is going to happen with the sixth game of the year when he's activated and he's the third running the third the third option. Uh, fourth option and he he does his customary one to two targets a game and catches no passes what is going to happen if you don't trade him before that game game six the first game back and it's revealed to the world though this is a mega bust this is one of the great first round busts we haven't had one of these Corey coleman style busts in a while in the first round this is what jameson williams is because he doesn't have any rapport with goff and he hasn't been in front of the coaches to say, hey, I'm doing great things in practice. Make sure you're drawing up plays for me. Make sure that I'm part of the game plan. He's going to come in to he's going to come in after the suspension and be like, hey, guys, and no one's going to look up from their desk. No one's going to look up from their playbook. 
No one's going to give him the time of day. They're certainly not going to let him participate in, in like, you know, with drills that I'm on Ra's focused on. I'm on Ra's going to be like, everybody get out of my fucking way. Right. And he's just going to be this ancillary, you know, Jalen Guyton style field stretcher that gets a target or two. And it's going to be embarrassing for him. It's going to be embarrassing for the team. And he, they're going to have to get rid of him. It's certainly the window is still there, though, Matt. I think there's still some belief. I think you're right with that one. And you can pivot. Off well, you've of got to get game. rid of him. The beauty yeah. of Dynasty is you can you can get something for these guys. You can ha- you could be holding on to like a sure bust, like a complete and utter zero in the league. A guy that's going to be outproduced by I mean, by Denzel Mims, potentially. No, don't go. I don't, don't know. Go, I don't go nuts there. Mims. Don't go nuts there, Jack. I wouldn't. I don't think I they, could, uh, Matt, but here, here's I, what I think. Here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. If we want to try to come up with some interesting comp, I believe fundamentally that John Mechie will double Jamison Williams career production. Oh, career. Okay. Yeah. I, I was thinking this year career. I can get behind. No, no, I think so. I think, yeah. I think it's, I think that John Mechie was also in that Alabama offense, right? Very productive, prolific right there with Jamison Williams. Right. John Mechie's actually a quality player. But Mechie actually, you know, is he's kind of he, he's got some of that sort of uh, Amon Ra to his game, and you know, and and he put up like whatever it was, twelve hundred yards, thirteen, uh, you know, he had uh, thirteen, uh, actually no, fourteen career touchdowns, and like he had the huge, uh, you know, yards per reception the previous year. And then he became more of a possession receiver had 133 targets Hit 133 targets in that final year that Jameson Williams also had James Williams more of the stretch player, but Mechie gives off much more of this Amon Ra vibe than Jameson Williams does. And Mechie had a, a disease that we've seen other NFL players permanently beat right he's now healthy he's now active it's happening he's the best option they have in the passing game he's better than robert woods he's better than dalt schultz he's better than nico collins get out of here with these guys he's the number one they drafted him in the early second round to be that guy so what's the problem here right he was drafted exactly around after jamison williams and jamison williams you know is 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 gonna be active in the NFL after Mechie because they both had the knee injury. They both had the catastrophic knee injury to, to, at Alabama back-to-back weeks. And even though Mechie had cancer, he's going to beat Jamison Williams back to the active roster? What do you, who the, do you think is going to outproduce the other guy in the course of their NFL career? It's going to be Mechie. Of course it's going to be Mechie. Mechie is a screaming buy. So the easy move and I would suggest for dynasty leaguers is just go propose a trade. If you have Jamison Williams, propose a trade for John Mechie plus a second rounder or a running back you like with upside, throw in Kenny Gainwell and go profit. I think that the also the immediate threat in Detroit is we believe in Sam Laporta. And I think that there's an the chance that Sam Laporta just really flashes the first few weeks of the year and it really hurts Jamison Williams immediately. So Jamison, like the whole narrative that Sam Laporta is going to take a while to kind of get his feet dug in because rookie tight ends take a while. I don't know if that's going to be the case with Laporta. I think Laporta is the kind of guy that could step right in that offense 
and provide like high end tight end two production with spike weeks. So that offense is Gibbs, Amon Ross St. Brown, and then Sam Laporta. And then Matt, it's kind of paint by numbers. You can, you can put in pretty much any speed wide receiver. If there's a highly targeted running back, highly targeted tight end and a target monster, like Amon Ross St. Brown. So I think okay, that Sam Babbage says, oh, but uh, Mechie hasn't played an NFL snap. Uh, well, guess who was it? J- Jackson Smith and Jigba hasn't played an NFL snap either, buddy. Bijan Robinson hasn't played an NFL snap. He's going in the first round of seasonal leagues. Shut up. This is the... Uh, Shut this up. Is- Last time I checked, James Conner beat non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and, and hasn't, hasn't heard from that disease since. Beat it dead. Okay? Moved on. Totally... 100% recovered, as is John Mechie, as far as I can tell. It's a very beatable diagnosis, and he's already done it. So you need to get over it and move on. And what's 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 better? I'd rather have a guy that hasn't that that has the benefit of the doubt of never having played an NFL snap that he's he's gonna be good, as opposed to a guy that did come back, played a bunch of games last year, and was commanding like 1.2 targets on a 20% snap share because they wanted to keep him fresh for special teams. Pretty much the nature of dynasty, Matt, you can't be a, a wait and see at first uh, drafter. You've got to kind of dive into the unknown quite often in dynasty. Shout out to the Babbage family though. Babbage <laughs> family's really active in the chat. And again, there's always that guy, Jeremy Clark, you know, trying to hold me accountable for you know disparaging James Connor. And all I've ever said about James Conner is, is complimentary on how he absolutely and positively um, cured himself with the help of medical technology of non, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And I, this weekend, am participating in the Connecticut Challenge, which is a charity event, a bike ride. I'm biking 25 miles uh, for uh, cancer survivors. So after you've beat cancer then you have to rebuild your life. And that's what the Connecticut challenge helps people do. Love that's it, Matt. Awesome. Love it. That's Matt. awesome. So, that's so awesome. that guy with the comment there, right? Jeremy Clark, Jeremy Clark, you need to eat that. You need to eat that in a big way. Okay. And if you need to go back and listen to the show where we talked about James Connor and how complimentary I was about him and, uh, and how the comp was taken out of context and the quote was uh, uh, paraphrased in order to make me look bad by nameless, faceless people at playerprofiler.com that have an agenda to uh, take me down uh, and and, and diminish my prestige within the organization. And those people will be found. They will be, uh, and they will be held accountable. Those people are me, by the way. (laughs) Guys, guys, uh, we, we, uh, we're, we're reaching up here on an hour. We, this is bold dynasty predictions time, guys. I want to hear Jack Cavanaugh. What are your bold dynasty predictions for this season? You can go one or you can go several. Matt Kelly on the Sonic Truth podcast, as a little sneak preview, we're going to get Matt's thoughts on Tony Pollard before we get out of here tonight because I think that's important for dynasty managers. Uh, Matt, Jack, take it away, man, because people know what we're thinking in dynasty. Give us a couple of your dynasty takes. Well, my biggest dynasty take that was will surprise you. So I don't know if you've heard this, but Russell Gage, he didn't practice all off season. Not at all. Didn't practice at OTAs, didn't practice at minicamp, isn't practicing now. And I don't know if you've looked at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers depth chart, but the number four receiver, the guy that immediately slots in 
is a sixth round rookie named Trey Palmer. And Trey Palmer is going to finish the year as probably a wide receiver four overall, but next year, next year, because Mike Evans is going to be gone. The contract with Mike Evans, it's too big. They have to move off of it. So next year. Well, Mike Trey Evans Palmer, is also dust. Yeah. Well, that's another part of Yo, it. Are you drafted year. Mike Evans in any leagues? We have, I have not, but I'm open to taking him when he falls to like the eighth round, Matt, because, <laughs> eighth, you know, it's seriously they, they ah! falling, he's falling to the point where he's falling he's to the a, point where it's a it yeah. becomes he's a draftable receiver yeah. he's in a, a joke yeah. if you unzip the back of his jersey just dust would just and he's one reason, of the dustiest players i've ever seen i mean i'm on the godwin i'm on the godwin train though guys godwin oh godwin is, is, value. Godwin godwin is, value, is yeah. such a machine i mean that's the thing that what's not factoring to godwin is like my oh my god Godwin's got multiple big years to come. He is the best value in Dynasty. When I look at other Dynasty rankings, I see where they have Godwin versus we have Godwin at player profiler. Get our Dynasty rankings. They're the best, by the way. Get Theo, me, Dario. We all collaborate on these Dynasty big rankings, time. plus there's all the machine learning that we do for the lifetime value ratings. It's incredible. And uh, Godwin, he's going to have at least three good years coming up. And next year will be no Mike Evans, but he will have stretching the field giving you more room to operate. Trey Palmer! Woo! Yeah, Trey Palmer is going to be a wide receiver three next year when they have a new quarterback too. Mike Evans gone. It is all lining up for Trey Palmer to smash this year and be drafted as wide receiver three next year. How did he fall so far in the draft? He's got blazing speed. One of the fat, he runs a four, three, one of the fastest wide receivers in the, in the draft. He transferred from LSU when they were just a, uh, you know, a, a, a an apocalyptic post burrow offense. He gets out of there, goes to Nebraska where they finally find a, you know, they, they finally get him off just special teams duty, which is what they had him banished to at LSU for un, some unknown reason, puts up a thousand yards is a great season, had a great senior bowl was a, had a total dog attitude the entire time, just high, high levels of intensity. Um, and, uh, you know, he was one of those guys where when I asked him why the, the cornerbacks were dominating the receivers at the senior bowl, he was not having it. Him and Jonathan Mingo, not happy with that question at all. Did not have any time for it. It was it was great, though. He was like, I am here to fucking work. And I was like, I love that answer. Dude's I love it, Jack. And, and Jack, you went like deep on that one. I, I, I like that. That answer. How about a lot. this? How about this? Trey Palmer will finish his career with more fantasy points than Jamison Williams. Easily. E that easily. 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 Gosh. John Mechie's going to blow him out of the water. 5X. But Trey Palmer will outscore him. Guys, you're going bold tonight on bold predictions. If, I... if you're not putting Jamison Williams on the block tonight, then I would suggest maybe not listening to this show ever again. And I can say that because I'm not the host. It's crossover week. James, there you go, Matt. Jamison Williams, I, I moved a few shares. I, I had a Jamison Williams. I got the 112 and the 201 in a very high stakes FFPC league with, during the rookie draft. And I ended up with Kendra Miller and Sam Laporta out of that trade. And I feel Jesus. pretty, the pretty FFPC good. FFPC tight end premium? In the tight end premium FFPC streets. And the guy had a loaded team and he had a ton of picks. And I... You know, he's this is his stash is Williams. And that was a good trade I made. And then I made a trade where I got the 107 
and I think a third, and I turned that into Dalton Kincaid in the tight end premium streets. And you know how high I am on Kincaid. So I was able to turn Jamison into those guys, and I still have a Jamison share here or there, but certainly money-wise, a ton less. I have one share that I'm going to hold on to just in case, but that's uh, that's the move, Matt. I think you know you, at least you've got to trim a ton of them because more likely than not, the writing's on the wall. It's not. It's a beating. Like, beating. what do you think's going to happen? We know we can't surpass Amon Ra. Right. So at, at the you're you're talking about a ceiling case of Alvin Harper, but it's not that's not how it's gonna work. It's not gonna work out that way. Will Fuller Alvin Harper is was, the, yeah. the bull case. The bull case is Will Fuller at this point. A guy that that doesn't do a whole lot in his younger years. Time to time. Listen, I'm what making the bull case. What did anyone ever get for Will Fuller in Dynasty that was worth a damn? It was more of the usable you had the usable season. You had the big year where then he gets suspension, but he had he had a really smash season going, and then the NFL took him away because of the PEDs, and that I was that's the bull case. Jamison Williams has another suspension coming, a later a later career suspension coming, like Will Fuller. I don't know if it's going to be PEDs. I don't know if it's going to be gambling again. I don't know what it's going to be. I just know that these red flags surface, and it's it's a rare thing. Again, it can happen. Christian Kirk throwing rocks and Jordan Addison speeding. Things that I've done, sometimes it's just reckless youth and they move on and they mature and, and they're fine. Sometimes not, though. Right. And by the way, Snowman's in the chat saying, but it was over 100 miles an hour. Do you realize how easy you've ever driven a Lamborghini, bro? It, you know how easy you can go over 100 miles an hour? Like, w- w- what are you talking about? I've driven over 100 miles an hour. Like, I, I rented, get this, you're not going to believe this. When I went, we went, I went on a fishing trip in Texas and uh, I decided to use the Turo app. You've heard of the Turo app? Yes. We know the Turo yeah. app, Matt. Yeah. From our, so from our Kansas Turo City app. trip. It's like, yeah, because I use the Turo app. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm the Turo guy. So um, you can rent someone else's car, right? It's just like Airbnb for cars, right? And so I rented a red uh, Corvette convertible and I was just, and it was that we were going out into the, you know, the rural areas for this fishing trip. And it was like a straight in Texas. There's like three lanes. It's straight and there's no cars. And I'm like, well, I'm going 110 here easy. And it's not even a big deal. Right. And so like, get out of here. You know, yes. If I got pulled over, it would have been reckless driving. And you know what? I, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily the uh, most law-abiding citizen in the history of this country. There's plenty of people that are, are, are you know, better at following rules and regulations than I am. Once in a while, I find myself on the wrong side of these things, and I've been very lucky in my life that I have, uh, you know, whenever uh, the uh, law enforcement individuals have had, 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 had a talk with me, that they've... Uh, They've said, uh, I guess you're cool. I guess you're okay. So, guys, we got to wrap it up pretty shortly because the GOAT District's about to go live. But, Matt, give us your bold dynasty prediction. I'll give you a quick one for me. Joe Burrow leads the NFL in passing touchdowns and MVP. And at the end of the season, we're talking about Joe Burrow moving up two spots at least in dynasty. Not a, not a huge prediction, but that's mine. Not as bold as Jack Cavanaugh's uh, Trey Palmer. But I'm going to say go get yourself some Joe Burrow in Dynasty. He's going to absolutely smash. This is his season, hitting his peak. He's 26 years old. This is it for Joe Burrow. 
Matt, give us your big dynasty prediction to take us out. Now, Garrett Wilson's not going to be a top 10 dynasty receiver after this year. Yeah, because he's going to get crowded out. There's plenty of guys that can crowd him out. You got JSN can crowd him out. Olave's already up there in the top 10. Devontae Smith's already there, right? It doesn't take that much, actually. It takes a you know a good season from Christian Watson, right? Uh, you know, Amon Ra, Jalen Waddle. The top 10's pretty crowded, right? It, it actually isn't that big of a leap for Garrett Wilson to take a major step back. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, yeah, he's got another year with Aaron Rodgers. Then it's open-ended who the quarterback's going to be. And like, this was a nightmare season for him. Uh, and, and, and so it's actually quite straightforward to imagine him slipping out of the top 10 uh, and uh, everyone thinking, oh man, like what, what, what happened, right? He could, he could flip. It could, you could even see someone like, oh, George Pickens jumping up and picking him off. Right. And George Pickens kind of them having flip-flop seasons, him having the season Pickens had last year and then Pickens having the season he had last year. Like these are all things you can see in your mind's eye. If you close your eyes and you think about it, these are things that you could see happening because it's Aaron Rodgers and it's the Jets. And this is just not a good fit for Garrett Wilson. And you in Dynasty, you should absolutely be putting him on the block and seeing what you can get back. Guys. This was awesome tonight. Uh, stick around with with us for all week long for for crossover week. Uh, Matt is going to be appearing on Trade Gods, which is super cool. Tomorrow, uh, that's tomorrow. Uh, Matt, what time are you guys dropping that one? Um, Whenever eight or nine o'clock. We'll I think eight it... o'clock. Like the same as this one. Past eight o'clock, I get pretty tired. We're gonna put that social media. I'm old. Up. That's gonna be really fun. Right, I'm to old. See I'm Matt. not. I'm not. Uh, you know, I'm not seeing the inside of uh, police cruisers as much as I no. used to. There is no two a.m for matt kelly guys yeah um but guys stick stick around tomorrow the sonic truth uh, is going to drop i'm pulling up the schedule now sonic truth is going to be dropping tomorrow at 5 p.m first class fantasy is going to be on tomorrow at 3 30 billy and i are drafting uh, right after this in about 15 minutes we're going to put a live draft show on friday the dominator i'm going to be meeting with uh with uh, adam krautwurst and, and mike shope of the deep end coming on the dominator so we're doing a lot of super cool things here on crossover week Hopefully you're getting exposed to a couple of voices maybe you haven't heard and seeing some shows you haven't heard. Uh, and I think that it just shows how deep we are at Player Profiler and how much quality content we have. And uh, this was awesome, man. I love chopping it up with you guys here on the Dynasty Roundtable. Tune in every single week for Seth Diewald and Matt Babich bringing you some of the best takes in Dynasty, really going deep, bringing you deep Dynasty discussion that's going to help you win all season long. Uh, and everybody have a great night. Bonus hot take, Rashad White, top five dynasty running back. Matt, 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 you bring in the heat. Have a good night, everybody.